0: And welcome to another late unconscious update with me, your friend, Jake Hall. Whoo, this one's a doozy, folks. This one's a doozy. <sighs> John Jones arrested yet again, yet again, for domestic battery and tampering with a vehicle. Greatest of all time, scumbag, people. Greatest of all time. What happens next? Hopefully some consequences. Alexander Volkanovsky defeats Brian Ortega by unanimous decision beating, baby. Action-packed main event. Um, Will it go down as fight of the year? We'll see. There's a lot of contenders this year um, that are really getting overlooked by that fight. Nick Diaz says no mas in his return loss to Robbie Lawler. After getting knocked down in the third, Nick Diaz does not return to his feet. What will we see next? Only time will tell. Valentina Shevchenko dominates yet again, yet again. Who can beat the bullet? I say no one. Uh, What's next? Aljo, Aljamain Sterling out against his rematch title fight against Piotr Jan. Corey Sanhagen steps in for an interim bantamweight title. Should be a banger, baby. And then outside the realm of MMA and UFC, Alexander Yusik defeats Anthony Joshua in a beautiful, beautiful display of boxing talent. If you didn't know Alexander Usyk, you do now. And then upcoming this weekend, October 1st, Douglas Lima and Michael Venom Page, the long-awaited rematch inside the Bellator cage. See it, folks. And that is your Unconscious Update. Take care now. Bye, bye, then. Whoo! Yet again, yet again, running late this week. You know, I got shit to do, people. I do. You know, I got projects around the house. I got kids running me ragged. You know, I can't always make time to do this dumbass podcast that no one's listening to. Um, but, man, uh, like last week, shit's stacking up. I mean, it never ends. It never ends. Ends. And that's what makes it fun. In all honesty, that's what makes it fun. We'll just start right off the bat with, um, with uh, the John Jones arrest. I mean, what are we going to do? First off, what we can do is ask the right questions, okay? All these people, you know, asking, you know, what is the UFC going to do? You know, what's next in his career? You know, will he be able to bounce back? How about, what can the Nevada justice system do? All right? H- how can we get some consequences? The man battered his wife bloody in front of his daughters. Okay? I want to see justice. You know? No one wants to talk about that. I mean, can, 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 can we get some kind of consequences? Some kind of consequences. You know, it's just brutal. You know, the details come out about this about this incident. And, I, and I mean, everyone just wants to talk about his MMA career. You know, not, not the fact that, you know, he's super rich, gets to post bail and leave jail right away, show up for his court date later, probably going to have a really good lawyer, and he'll get off with a fine and six months of probation. Again! Again. You know? Like, the question should be, Why isn't this guy doing some prison time? Like every other douchebag, like every other scumbag who roughs up his wife, you know? Maybe I just get hot about this stuff. You know, I got a wife. I got kids. You know, I can't imagine doing that shit. So, you know, it's just really ugly, brutal, gross stuff, um, and it just keeps happening, you know? And And it sucks. It sucks. You know, it sucks for him. It sucks for those kids, for his family, You know, and it's a really interesting argument or topic, you know, but and and I saw what, you know, Daniel Cormier said, and I kind of totally agree. A lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, he, he truly he needs to lose. He's never lost. You know, he's never lost. He's never had to suffer any kind of real consequences. He's been on probation like multiple times because of the hit and run incident because of his DUIs and stuff you know, and, and, and I'm not going to get into a guy who's struggling with addiction and and those things are terrible, but I mean, you know, where do you draw the line when when you come, you come in drunk or, or coked out of your head, you know, and, and, and you rough your wife up in front of your kids. I mean, it's, it's gross stuff, you know, and, and it's like the guy just keeps, you know, and this is a common theme throughout almost all sports, unfortunately, especially in our sport. That, that some guys, you know, it's, it's riddled throughout the sport with guys that have had these instances and then they just get to come right back and, and continue their career. And, you know, time kind of heals all and people forget. Um, and, and ultimately, that's the, the benefit of being a super rich, wealthy uh, celebrity, you know, is that you, you can kind of uh, navigate your way through this kind of shit where a normal person would never be able to. And ultimately, it seems like, do they ever truly pay the consequences? And that's what I want. That's all I want. I want justice, okay? I want justice, and it's no laughing matter. Uh, the, the I think it was MMA Junkie that kind of released the police report and gave us all the, the ugly, gritty details, uh, and it just, you know, it's gross. It's gross. I'm not going to beat that dead horse, you know. I'm a little late on it anyways. Everybody's kind of already talked about it and hashed it out. Um, but I, it just drives me nuts whenever I, whenever I hear media people, you know, asking, you know, Dana or, or <clears throat> you know, just asking those questions about like, what does it mean for his career? What are your personal thoughts on it? And, you know, how, what's the UFC's involvement going to be? And just all this random questions as opposed to like, you know, can we see some actual consequences happen? So anyways, I'll get off of that horse. Um, The Alexander Volkanovsky fight against Brian Ortega. Man, what a fight. What a fight. I don't agree. I don't agree that it's the greatest uh, featherweight title fight of all time. And maybe even not fight of the year. It's a badass fight. No question about it. No question about it. But to me, I think a fight of the year kind of, uh, greatest of all time kind of fight. There needs to be, it needs to be more competitive. There needs to be more of a, a back and forth kind of deal where this just was more of a beating, you know, whenever a fight is just a beating and the other guy is surviving and, and, and granted it, I mean, Ortega had his moments. I mean, Ortega, I mean, obviously, obviously the submission attempts in the third or whatever were insane. And it's insane that, 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 Volkanovski was able to get out of that I'm not gonna you know beat that dead horse as well but uh it it just was more lopsided and and to me to to truly be like a fight of the year it can't be that lopsided it is a great ass fight action-packed you know Ortega Ortega was constantly putting Volk in, in danger but throughout the entire fight I feel like was getting the worst of it um, and, and in all honesty, the fight should have been called. I'll go ahead and say, I mean, it's, you know, you're leaning one way or another, but I'll say that fight should have been called whenever the doctors were, were questioning him and, and checking, his, checking his state, asking him to follow his fingers. And, and, you, and you see he's not, he's not following it. He's answering questions wrong. There's obviously something wrong with his face. Uh, and that would drive you nuts too. Um, gosh dang it, I can't remember his name. I need to look him up on YouTube. He's a doctor uh, that kind of analyzes sports injuries and specifically MMA injuries. And he was kind of looking over Brian Ortega's face and how the doctors were evaluating him um, and, and kind of describing how the, uh, you know, that, that right I think is the right side of his face, looked pretty flattened out and looked like there was potential orbital fracture there or that, you know, it, there was some visual signs uh, that, that caused concern. And the doctor wasn't really, you know, focusing on that side. And we come to find out, I mean, Brian Ortega just released a tweet or, or a Instagram post or whatever it was saying that he did fracture his orbital. So, I mean, it seemed pretty apparent that that's what was happening. I mean, his eyes were all swollen shut. He was, uh, he was, you know, pretty freaking battered. He wasn't able to, you know, move his eyes like he should, you know, and, and I feel like the doctors and, and some of those, uh, you know, the, the ref or corner, or whatever. I mean, it's not ultimately not the ref's decision. It's the doctor's decision and his corners decision, um, just to keep sending them back out there. And I don't know where I stand on it. You know, this is a violent sport. It's about violence. And most of the fans, you know, a lot of us hardcore fans that, that really watch the sport and follow it, you know, we ultimately do want what's best for the fighters. We want to see them fight again. You know, we, we learn to kind of care about them and support them as people and ultimately, we don't want to see them go down in flames or die or die. You know, we don't want to see them slurring their speech and forgetting where their keys are whenever they're 42 years old. Um, and we usually do on, wants what's best for them. But we want the blood. Just bleed, okay? We want gladiator shit, and we want guys to go out on their shield, and we want to see the violence. So where do I stand on, like, their own personal health and safety, you know? Should we let them die in there? Should we really let them? I mean, they're risking everything else. Uh, so it gets kind of it gets kind of squirrely. I don't know where I'm going with that, but uh, it's just one of those things where do, w- would I like to have seen? I'd, I you know none of us like to see doctor stoppages, but at the same time, it's like he was getting battered. He was getting battered. He was in rough ass shape. I mean, he cut up Volkanovski. He put him in danger with those submissions. But man, by the time of the end of the fight, you see him, man. He is in rough. Ass shape. He's going right to the hospital. They're gonna be checking his brain to make sure he's not got any brain bleeding and stuff. I mean, he was in rough shape. Um, and so it's kind of you know, it's it's just hard to be like, should he have been sent back out there, you know, and how satisfying would that have been? I don't know. Like I said, I don't know where I'm going with it, but uh just crazy, crazy fight. I'm not taking anything away from them. That was one of the best fights of the year. I mean, as as much as you could ask for in a title fight. Um, and hats off to Alexander Volkanovsky. I mean, h- how much better do you even get? The guy is just a stud. I mean, Ben, I mean, he can do anything, play rugby, become a freaking MMA champion. The guy is skilled everywhere, has the, the, the talent and the, and the vision, the sight to be where he is. And I mean, and who's going to beat that guy right now? I mean, he just seems unbeatable, super impressive, skilled everywhere, I mean, it's tough and gritty as it comes. No quit in him. I mean, so many other guys, um, so many other guys would have quit in that submission, getting caught in that guillotine, being being mount, in a mounted guillotine. You know, and Brian Ortega, if he gets you, he doesn't let go. I mean, he's known for finishing those moves. And somehow, you know, Alexander Volkanovsky was able to escape. I mean, as impressive as it gets. Crazy, crazy fight. Now, Nick. I mean, I think we got as good as we can get. I mean, as good as you could expect for a guy who had a six-year layoff or whatever it is, I mean, that's as good as you could ask for, as good as you can ask for. And he seemed to be in a really kind of weird spot in this fight um, when he started talking about, like, I don't know why I'm taking this fight, and I don't know why I let my management pressure me into this. And he was being all outspoken about it you know it was kind of you know it's just kind of a weird situation like what are we all what am I supposed to think about that like are you trying to you know is he, is he trying to to do something like you know negotiate in some weird way or put some pressure on his management by making that public and you know who knows I don't know, really know what's going on with that I mean he seemed to be kind of in a weird place coming into the fight uh, even though I think he performed like I said as good as we could have hoped but, uh, you know, how did that play into him, him quitting? Uh, because he did, you know. I feel like that's getting kind of overshone. I mean, he did not return to his feet. He seemed, in, in any other situation, a lot of the best fighters in the world and kind of old school Nick Diaz, I mean, do you think that he would have just sat there and been like, no, nah, I'm good, I'm good. You know, Robbie, he, he, he knocked him down, walked away, said get up. Jason Herzog goes to encourage him to get up, and he just tells Jason, I'm good. I'm good. We're done, you know, and, and how do I feel about that? I I mean, it's up to him. I don't blame him for, for making that call and, and whatever state you're in. I, I talked about it a couple weeks back about, I think more fighters should tap to strikes. I think guys that are in a situation where they know, they know it's over. They know it's over and, and they're just, all they're doing is getting battered or they just, they know that they don't have it in them. They're kind of broken. Just tap, just tap, and that's ultimately what he did. He tapped to strikes, um, and I don't blame him for that. I, I celebrate it. I celebrate it, like I talked about, you know, back back a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, Robbie Lawler came to throw down. Nick Diaz, I think, showed up to fight. I just think he was in a weird mental state. I think he was in a weird mental state with uh, com- how he took the fight. Um, but I mean, seemed like a pretty classic Nick Diaz fight. I mean, punches and bunches. He just spars guys to death. You know, never throws any big bombs, but just, you know, volume, volume, volume. That's that's no news. Everyone knows that. When you when you get a Nick or Nate Diaz fight, they're just gonna pepper you. It's just they look like they're sparring. Like every other fighter sparring, that's what they look like in a fight. And their conditioning and and, and just their 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 pressure and, and volume is is what they put on guys. And Robbie was able to deal with it, dish it right back. I mean, they just were trading the entire time super good fight. What happens with Nick Diaz next? I mean, he's got to figure his shit out, right? I mean, we need to figure out what are you doing? What are your goals or your intentions? And, and can you get your management shit fixed up? And, you know, I mean, he, he's out of his whole suspension period or whatever. He's back in it. So are we going to see him actually get back in there and mix it up? I don't know. I mean, historically, I I never felt like, I mean, either of the Nick, either of the Diaz brothers. I mean, Nate, kind of in the early, you know, teens, like coming right out of the Ultimate Fighter, he was pretty active. But I feel like Nick Diaz for the last fifteen years has been, or I mean, the last ten years has has not been that active. I mean, five of that he's been suspended. But anyways, you know what I mean? They're not always the most active guys. Do I think we're gonna? The point is, do I think we're gonna get Nick Diaz fighting every three months and try to get his way to a, you know, ended title contention? I doubt it. I doubt it. You're only going to get big money fights or big uh, kind of pay-per-view type style events from him. And it's going to be every freaking like 8 to 12 months that we're even going to potentially see him, even if that's what he wants to do. So who knows? Um, Like I said, only time will tell because we don't know a whole lot. Valentina Shevchenko, my favorite female fighter. She's been my favorite female fighter, I mean, for a long-ass time now, long-ass time. Um, do I think uh, do I think she's the goat, or do I think she's pound for pound best? Um, Amanda Nunes is still there, and and I am in the camp of I I don't like all the pound for pound talk. Uh, whenever people are just talking about like he's the best in the weight class, or he's the best like in the history of the weight class, or something like that. Pound for pound means can that person defeat Every other person, it doesn't matter what. If there was an open weight class, who would win? Who would win? You know. So in uh, in the male side of the divisions, like you cannot say like a 145 pound guy is the pound for pound best. It's just it's not true. It's not true. If there was an open tournament, they would not win. One thousand percent. I don't think Kamara Usman would win in an open tournament. The pound for pound greatest fighters in the world are gonna be like middleweight on up. I mean, just strictly because of their size and because of their strength advantage. I mean, let's be honest. So uh, as far as in back to Valentina Shevchenko, is she the pound for pound best? Uh, It's hard to tell, you know, she's even with, uh, she's even with Amanda Nunes. Um, And Amanda Nunes is just, she's so powerful and so unbeatable right now. And I do think that she is pound for pound the best right now. Um, I mean, as far as Valentina Shevchenko goes, though, I don't think there's we've ever had. I don't think we've ever had a more technically the more technically capable female fighter in in history. I mean, I think she is technically the best of all time. And I mean, just so good everywhere, so fast. Just how she sees the fight the thing she's able to do i mean it's just she's just leaps and bounds above everyone i mean and amanda nunez is the only person that's going to compete with her and 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 it's mainly because amanda nunez outsizes her and outpowers her like by a, a multiple like a multiple uh, uh factor she is bigger she is more powerful and and that's just tough to deal with but i would love to see that trilogy. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, two people that they're so, they have such an advantage over everybody else. It's like, we just have to have them fight. You know, it just seems unavoidable. They're both belt holders. You know, it just seems inevitable that we're going to get a trilogy match with that. And I will not be mad about it. I will not be bad about it. Valentina Shevchenko is like, is one of the best female fighters of all time. She's so exciting to watch every single time. Her skill set is on such another level. Um, and, I mean, it's just she just has – she's the the aura is around her. She has the energy, the momentum that I don't know when she's going to lose. I don't know when she's going to lose. The only time that's going to happen is if she fights Amanda Nunes. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, one thing I didn't – I don't think I brought it up during the update, but Dan Hooker, define the odds with a win over Nasrat Hakparast. Um, you know, Dan Hooker – just for the people fuck you New Zealand you know America USA USA give me a break New Zealand trying to keep these boys down trying to keep Dan Hooker down trying to keep Izzy down I mean uh who else is over there Brad Riddell you trying to keep him down he's a quiet guy he he, we don't hear too much from Brad unless he's fighting but anyways uh just crazy, crazy incident. If you followed all the Dan Hooker stuff where they were holding his visa up and he had to start a social media campaign and you know, you, everybody's probably seen it by now. Like I said, this is a late one this week. Uh, but, um, (laughs) just super impressive that he was even able to, you know, make it over to the fight, you know, make weight in that amount of time, show up like the day before, like everything that he had to go through, everything that Nasrod had to go through. And the fact that those guys, I mean, I'm I'm reiterating what everybody's saying. But it's just so, so much for both of those guys. What they and, and Nasrat losing his mother and still making all this happen. I mean, just two guys that, I mean, salute. Salute you boys, you know. Dedicated. Dedicated. Do, do what it takes, you know. I mean, they are for the people. Fighters, fighters, man. Nothing but respect for those two. And, I mean, awesome result. You know, Dan Hooker's able to go out there and get a win. I mean, but I mean, did did either of those guys' stock go down? I mean, especially in the company's eyes, especially in Dana's eyes. I mean, he'll sign those guys to a fresh new contract, get them paid just because of what they did, Um, and they deserve it. They deserve it. Super super fun uh, result out of them, And, and congratulations to Dan Hooker. I hope City Kickboxing. I hope City Kickboxing moves to America. You know, they're trying to shut you guys down over New Zealand, keeping you locked up come to the land of the free, that's what I'm talking about, um, Aljo's out, Peter Yan called it, you know, poor Aljo, I mean, as skilled as it gets, but man, you know, just can't get any, mo- talk about, you can't get any momentum with the people, you know, <laughs> you can't get any momentum with the people, or, or, or the fighters, you know, everyone's got an opinion on Aljo, and and, and what he's doing. But, you know, I mean, you're going to blame the guy for being injured, you know, for his nerves being damaged or his neck being all jacked up. You know, it is what it is. Uh, so I, I don't I don't put too much too much into it. And I, I still like Sterling. I think he's super talented. You know, I do think that that, that belt is disputed. Uh, I mean, I don't think I, – I, I didn't – obviously not, nobody liked the result of his last fight with Piotr Jan. Um, but, man, whatever, all that aside – Corey Sandhagen coming in and fighting Peter Jan, that's going to be – I mean, you're talking about true champion. The interim is going to be the true champion, and, and everybody's going to everybody's gonna feel that way. Um, and it should be a really interesting matchup. I mean, Piotr Jan, I mean, is, is as good as it gets, but Corey Sanhagen is just – he is just on this, on this mission and just cannot be beat. And so his body style for the division and his skill set for the division, I mean – everyone's going to have trouble, you know? And, and, and some of these guys that are shorter and, and a little more um, kind of, uh, you know, compact type of fighters. And uh, I mean, he, it's, it's so much different. It's just the body styles. It's like, you don't see that kind of this kind of discrepancy in a lot of other divisions, especially nowadays, especially nowadays, when guys are so, so dialed in and, and, and kind of, uh, um, you know, designed for the division uh, and a lot of the the especially a lot of the divisions nowadays, you just see a very prototypical you know fighter for the division. Um, it's easier in these uh, lighter divisions. You get a tall, skinny guy in there like Corey Sandhagen, but you don't even see that usually at like light heavyweight or middleweight. They're all roughly built the same for the division. So it's interesting when you get such a, a size and body style discrepancy and how that'll play into the into the fight. Um, but man, I mean that's an exciting exciting uh, um, fight to come up and you're talking for the true belt that interim chel- that interim belt it ain't a fa- fake belt this time it's the real one um, and then hopefully Aljo can get healthy and come back and put his two cents in. Ooh this is I'm running real late on this one but Alexander Yusick I mean what is not to like? what is not to like? is boxing getting some life back into it? I mean the footwork ooh. I mean, the head movement, ooh. I mean, the punches and bunches from angles on angles. Oh, I mean, you're talking a beautiful display of boxing. Beautiful display of boxing. And, and I mean, at the heavyweight division, like, you see, if, you, if you're if you following this and, and, and reading comments anywhere, I mean, everyone's everyone's praising it because they didn't have to watch them clinching the entire time. And, and I mean, and my thing with this, I mean, this is this – is, boxing, there's a lot to, to go through with this fight and a lot to, to, to hate on the sport of boxing. But at the very least, they did this right. Gave us a damn fight that was worth watching. You know, gave us a competitive fight. I mean, if you're trying to say that, that Anthony Joshua sucks or he, he's washed up or, or whatever, it's like if you fight competitive fights, you're going to lose. If the best fight the best, the best are going to lose. And we don't care about that in MMA because that's how MMA always operated. And finally, we're getting some some boxing matchups that are worth watching. And, I mean, you're talking about as exciting of a boxing match as, as we've had in, in recent years. And, I mean, super impressed with, with both fighters. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Anthony Joshua and what he's doing. You know, like, we can get into the nitty-gritty of, like, what his corner should be doing and, and, and what he, you know, how he should be, how he's approaching the fights and, and blah, blah, blah. blah. But I mean, that fight was as fun as it gets and, and you got to see a true black belt in the sport of boxing in Yusik. I mean, as impressive as ever action packed, punches and bunches. I mean, a great, great display of skill and you got a new heavyweight champion. I mean, it's as good as it gets, um, and I love that the boxing world is putting on fights like that. I mean, I, Canelo and Caleb Plant, good fight. You know, we're finally we're getting some good fights to where you don't know, you don't really know the outcome. I mean, Canelo still has his. There's a lot of these mandatory title fights where you know the result before it's going to come out. But I just think the boxing, like we should praise and and you know praise Anthony Joshua for for doing that not not freaking put him down because he has two losses on his record. I mean, shit. What is he? 24 and 2? Oh no, he's washed up. He's terrible, you know? Give me a break. Um and and he lost to freaking Alexander Usyk, which you just saw what he can do. You saw what his skills are like. That guy, his amateur record, 335 and 15. I mean, the guy's had a few boxing matches. He knows what he's doing. You know, Olympic champion. I mean, Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, Just super impressed all the way around. Now we can get in to talking shit about boxing because they did stop that clock early. They 100% stopped the last round like five seconds early. They cut the clock off the screen, at, I think seven seconds. And if you count down, I mean, you get down to four seconds at best. They ring the bell. And, I mean, that is just typical boxing stuff, though. I kind of laugh at that kind of stuff or I kind of like that kind of stuff. Uh, and I also hate it, obviously, but but that's the kind of shit you get in boxing. I mean, he was on the ropes, getting hit with punches, and if 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 they let it go for seconds longer, he one of those could have landed on the chin, and he could have just dropped, gotten dropped at the last second. Which, as fans, we want to see. I want to see it. So freaking let it happen. But I mean, that's typical boxing corruption. That's that's typical. Someone saying something into an earpiece, they cut it off and ring, ring, ring. But that 100% happened. 100% got rang early. Uh, but I mean, ultimately, does it matter? Did it? Did it affect the outcome? You know, maybe, maybe. So we'll see. But uh, I, I just overall, I mean, I I think it should be praised. I think the box that that was as exciting of a boxing match as we could ask for. Um. And and I love it. You know. Uh, the only other thing that's coming up this weekend is the uh, Douglas Lima versus Michael Venom Page rematch coming up on October first. So what's that? Today? I'm gonna think I'm getting this out on Wednesday. So uh, that's Friday. Friday, baby. Um, and that should be a good one. Should be a good one. I, I hope it. Uh, you know that that's such one of the craziest knockouts ever. Just like a just you don't usually see a knockout like that. And I mean, what is Michael Venom Page supposed to do in that? Where you get your leg kicked out? and then on your way up he just clips him you know pretty crazy uh so hopefully we get you know the 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 competitive fight that we all want in that um yet again you know Bellator putting on great stuff you know they 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 got so much talent over there right now they're totally worth watching um that's why i bring it up and and a fight like that i mean Douglas Lima is one of the best in the world i mean period if he came to the UFC i mean he's a title con- i mean he's He's in the top five immediately. I mean, he's a he is as good as it gets. Um, and Michael Vennon-Page, I mean, it's always kind of the question because he's kind of a can crusher. But that guy is skilled and entertaining and exciting, um, and it should be a fun rematch. So I love you. If you're still here, have a good one. We'll see you next week.